Geek Vibes Live is rated G for Geek. Hey, this is Matt Lesher. This is Phil Lamar. Hey, this is Rodney Taylor, a.k.a. The Penguin Gotham, and you are listening to Geek Vibes Live. Welcome, welcome, welcome to an all-new episode of Geek Vibes Live. This one is titled, We Want You Back. Um, I was trying to do, like, really witty wordplay, kind of like how Nick does a really great job of it on uh, Full Court Press. Yeah, you do good. But then, as I look at it, I'm like, this could have been a lot better. Nick would have done a better job. Um, I give it a seven. 7.5. 7.5. So, I'll take it. He's, he's being generous. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> he is extremely. Uh, <laughs> without further ado, let me announce my amazing co host, starting with the man himself, Nick. What's going on, Nick? What's up, fellas? How y'all doing? Pretty good. Pretty good. Ready to talk some geek movie and TV news. Um, Indeed, also, sir. let me introduce Dane. What's going on, Dane? Oh, man, I'm not going to lie. I drank way too much tequila in Croatian vodka last night, so um, copy better fucking kick in. <laughs> Why would you mix tequila and Croatian vodka? God. Ask my buddy Boris. He did it to me. I don't know. Ugh, a lot of IPAs, too. <laughs> is, is is Boris Russian? Sounds Russian. Boris. Croatian. You, He's Croatian. You have, you have tequila. I bring vodka. We make parties. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Uh, well, that's good to know, but also we're not sponsoring either one of those drinks. So, you know, just putting that out there. Anyway. Yeah, I'm going to have to find a brand so. first. Exactly. Um, either way, last but not least, welcoming back the silent assassin himself, Kanan. What's going on, Kanan? Not much. Eight minute cups are um, lots to talk about, so let's get into it. All right, man. I was definitely thinking you weren't going to say anything, so I almost cut you off there. Um, good to know we're never on the same page. All right, let's dive let's right into our topic. Um, we got some pretty cool news coming out of the DC side. Let's start with some breaking news we got on the show Titan that uh, is looking to head into their second season. Hopefully, uh, we heard word that filming could begin as soon as, I think it was March, right, Kanan? Or end of February, one of those two. Uh, yeah, I think they're looking to start filming in March, yes. Okay, cool. So, perfect. So, that means we could possibly have a trailer by New York Comic Con, um, which means we probably won't get a season two this year. But anyway, to the breaking news of season two, um, apparently they are bringing in Slade as the main villain alongside of Rose. I was reading the article. I didn't see where it said his son, but then I saw somewhere else that it was his son, so I'm not sure. Um, if it's it's the Deathstroke family. It is the entire family. Okay, cool. Okay, cool. It's Slade, um, so look, Slade Ravager, and uh, Jericho. Perfect, perfect, perfect. Uh, I'm glad we get to see Ravager because the last time we saw her, Arrow did a really bad job in trying to um to pull that off. Uh, they did amazing oh, with Slade, but Ravager was just swinging the miss. They should have just created their uh their own character instead of trying to pull that off. Anyway. 
Um, Dane, I'm going to actually go to you first, man. I kind of want to know your thoughts on do you think we could possibly get a season two this year and your thoughts on Slade coming in alongside his children? The first part, it's, um, you know, I would rather them take their time and do a really good job with this season like they did the first season of, of, of Titans than try to just cram it and get it out. Titans really impressed me. Um, you know, I, like I keep on saying, I put that on that level where the storytelling kind of matches. Not, And I love the CW shows and I love certain Netflix shows, but more on a level not quite there, but like where Daredevil and um, Legion and Preacher are, where it's, they can do a lot more. It's a much more adult show. They can show blood. They can curse. You know, and that, that does add to it. But the storytelling itself and how they're able to intertwine comic book storylines with the Titans, um, take this adult approach. Really, really, really love Greg Berlanti and everything he's been able to do. And this really shows you, you know, what he can do when he doesn't have the CW kitty gloves on, uh, when he can really explore these characters. And uh, it excites me for another season for sure. And, of course, I'm going to be excited for Slade, Deathstroke, whatever, you know, however you pronounce him, um, coming back to the show. Um, I love the idea of Ravager, um, you know, his, his daughter Rose being a part of it. Uh, he's got two sons in the comics. One is the original Ravager that gets killed, um, and Jericho obviously is the other one who ends up, you know, spoiler alert, I guess, if you didn't read the comic books and stuff, Jericho becomes a titan. Uh, he's got a lot of um, problems. Uh, he's a mute, and he has ridiculous powers, and his dad tries to exploit him. So there's a lot of dynamics that can add into next season that I'm excited about. Maybe Terra, which is another huge storyline within the Titans. Uh, I'm just a big fan of the series. Uh, I loved, um, you know, all the stuff, the little post-cred scene that you will, uh, that we get at the end of the season one with um, another spoiler alert, I guess, uh, with, with Superboy. Um, but I'm really looking forward to next year. And I would, there's only two people. I mean, I'm sure they can get someone new and, and that's fine if they do, but there's two people I have in mind for Slade, and they both p- played Deathstroke in the past. One would be Manu Bennett, who I think did a great job. I think everyone's favorite season of Arrow usually is season two, where it was completely him as the villain. Um, this is a multiverse they've established within the CW, at least, so you could definitely branch that out to Greg Berlanti stuff on the uh, streaming platform. Um, so I, I don't think it would be weird if you just – inserted the actor, let him take a character in a different direction, go as dark as Manny wanted to because he researched a lot about the character. And the other one would be Ron Perlman, who did the voice for him, um, who did the voice for Slade on the uh, Teen Titans uh, television show. And he has that great voice, that great presence. He already looks like it. Might be a little bit too old, but, well, I guess if you will for the character himself. But, I mean, the character is from a Vietnam vet, so maybe they could make it work, basically. But, uh Whoever they get, I'm sure it will be good. It just – it would be kind of weird to have three different slades uh, as far as Arrow, the potential with the movies with Joe Manganiello, and then this too. But as long as they tell a good story, that's all I really care about. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you ended with that because <clears throat> my biggest – I was talking to Joel last night. My biggest uh, concern I had with the news of Slade being the main villain is season one ended, spoiler alert, even though we shouldn't have to say it. The show, I think, has been over for like a month or two now. But anyway, spoiler alert, um, the show ended where they never face off against uh, Trigon. So that means season two has to start with Trigon. So you have Trigon's story. You have the story of Superboy. And you have to talk of, uh, of Cadmus. 
um, and now you're introducing slaves. So I kind of feel like it's it's a lot, um, but I'm not judging it because we've seen Daredevil uh, tell two complete different stories in one season. Uh, they had the first half of the Punisher and then the second half of the Hand, um, and then they integrated the Punisher into the second half of the story also. Uh, so it can be done. So that's why I'm saying I'm not judging it. It just seems like a lot that you have to kind of to get done. So I, I 100% agree with you, Dane. I do not want them to rush it. It does not have to come out this year. Um, we just had the finale beginning of this year. So it's like uh, beginning of this year, maybe the end of last year. So we don't need it like right now. Um, so just take your time. But I also want to throw out there, I would love to have an episode of Grayson, Jason Todd, Ben Barnes is Batman versus Slade. I'm just putting it out there. I want it desperately. And Put it out in the universe. Absolutely. And it's mainly coming from a biased standpoint because you guys know how much I love Batman. But um, I, I just think any time you could get uh, Grayson, Slade, and Batman in a fight, worth it. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Well, especially yeah. if Slade has Ravager and uh, Jericho with them. So it could be like the Bat family versus Deathstroke's family. That'd be kind of cool, brother, brother. Absolutely. Or it could be because, you know, Slade could handle Grayson and, and Batman. You could have Jericho and, and Rose taking on the, the rest of the Titans team. Uh, so you kind of spread it out a little bit. Um, but I, I, won't, I won't rule out, you said Perlman and uh, Manu. I won't rule out throwing in Joe Manganiello, uh, mainly because I want this world to connect to the movie universe so bad because of uh, how well they were able to, to pull off Robin. Um, and how his darkness blends right in with Ben Affleck's Batman. Um, so I wouldn't rule that out. And who's to say that Joe Manganiello wouldn't want to do? Uh, he's look, he looks like he's desperate to get Slade out there, and Warner Brothers is kind of dragging their feet. So just throwing that out as a third option to the two names that you threw out there, Dane. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Kanan, I'm going to go to you. Um, what are your thoughts on potentially when a season two could air, not when they start filming on when it could air and your thoughts on Titans bringing in Slade and his kids as the villains. I mean, as far as do I think it needs to come out this year? I mean, I really don't think it will just because uh, if they're planning on filming and, uh, you know, doing post-production well into the end of the year, I mean, if we got it, it probably would be, towards the end of December, but I don't think they really need to rush it because DC Universe's slate's already pretty uh, full. I mean, there's still a lot to look forward to uh, with Doom Patrol. Um, just found out that's going to be 15 episodes, so that's going to go way into uh, late uh, Memorial Day. Uh, then we still have uh, the Harley Quinn uh, show. We still have Swamp Thing that'll probably be, you know, 12 to 13 episodes, you know, hopefully. Uh, so there's still a lot to look forward to. Stargirl. Uh, yeah, we, yeah, exactly. Thanks, Dane. We, yeah, we still got Stargirl. Uh, so, I mean, there, there's so much to look forward to. They don't need to rush Titans. Uh, I know everybody will want to see it just because of uh, Deathstroke being announced. Um, my only concern with bringing in Deathstroke this season is they. it seems like they're really going to wrap up the Trigon storyline within the first two episodes. Um, I know to some people that probably will be fine if you don't really you know care for that character too much. Um, I just would hate to see them kind of wrap it up um, that quickly. It does seem like they're going the way of Judas' contract rather quickly as well. 
uh, for uh, on Titans, and that's also the Young Justice seems to be going uh, the Judas contract way as well. Uh, I mean, I'm interested to see who they get. I mean, it seems like DC really wants to use Deathstroke. Um, I know some people said, you know, bring back uh, Manu Bennett. Um, I'm not sure that they will. If they do, that'd be great because I think they could really give him uh, better production. Uh, so I think we could see him, you know, look almost as cool as in the outfit as uh, Joe Manganiello. Uh, sorry, Juwan, I don't think Joe's going to come in. I just don't. I think he wants to be on a bigger stage, so I don't think he would come in for the DC Universe show. Um, I would love for the worlds to be connected, but I mean that Batmobile pretty much proves that it's not. This is kind of like an Elseworld type show. Um, uh, I don't know who they get. I mean, I I love Deathstroke, but I'm I'm really interested to see where they go with Ravager and Jericho. Um, you know, the one that they, you know, a lot of people thought they might bring in was Grant Wilson, uh, but they it looks like they're going you know the opposite direction. So I mean, it, it seems like it's going to be a really interesting uh, series. Um, and you know, who knows? Maybe we get a Cyborg because um, apparently his time on Doom Patrol is not going to be permanent. So hopefully, you know, we'll see Cyborg in uh, on Titans. And uh, I'm really looking forward to Season 2. And uh, I guess we'll just see where it goes. But uh, I do agree with you. I don't think they need to rush it. There's really no reason um, to push it out unless they're just confident that they can get done with it and kind of release it as an end-of-the-year thing. Yeah, I will agree on you on the sense of they seem really interested in doing Slade Wilson. Uh, my Dane, you kind of brought this up before, but I kind of wanted to talk a little bit more about it. I'm definitely going to go to you for you to respond to what I'm, I'm about to say. I kind of feel like there is never an issue with having multi-version. Um, I think you're establishing, but I think that means you have to be stern about CW-verse will never blend with the DC uh, streaming universe, and the DC streaming universe will never blend with the movie universe. As long as you make that abundantly clear, there should never be any issues. I mean, because most of the people that watch these shows are fans. You don't really get casual people watching uh, some of these shows, especially on the DC streaming service, because you have to pay for it. Uh, so it's like I assume you're paying for it because you want to watch these things. Uh, movies are a whole different entity, because you could have someone just casually want to go see it. But with shows, it's usually a little bit different, because you have to kind of commit to it. So I think as long as you are clear that all three are separate, then Manu should be able to come back to Arrow. You could cast whoever you want for the streaming service, and then you have Joe Manganiello for the movie world. Um, because you've had Batman in the movies, you've had him on the streaming service, and at some point I assume you'll have him in the Batwoman world. So there shouldn't really be an issue with having multiple versions because you've shown that you have multiple versions. Um, so, I mean, to, to me it's like if you want to cast him anew, sure. If you want to integrate, sure. Um, but as far as what you were saying about the, the Batmobile, Kanan, we've seen numerous times the DC Universe, whether it's as a whole or whatever, retcon thing. So they could easily say that that Batmobile was one of the versions that he had. He changed it or whatever the case may be. So that is a very small thing that they could easily retcon to, to blend those two worlds together. Um, excuse me, but before we move on, Dane, I'll go to you first. Did you have anything else you wanted to add for what I said or what Kanan said? Um, mostly with what you said, I, I think that 
when it comes down to it, the movies um, are going to grasp a larger audience. They should not have any if, – if you didn't do it from the beginning with the CW shows, they should have no attachment and no I, – I don't think, or at least the likeliness is less for a possibility of a crossover with any of the platforms. Uh, even if you were to have Titans, it would probably be how the Defenders were towards the MCU. I just don't see that really having that many you know, crossover uh, abilities compared to – where I disagree with you is if you got if you own the streaming stuff and if you own the television stuff, they're all under the same umbrella and producer with Greg Berlanti, um, and you already have established many times with your television shows, uh, which would have more of a niche audience like your streaming a- uh, app, that this is a multiverse. I think that you can do a lot more crossover potential with the streaming app and television, and I wouldn't like I wouldn't um, stop yourself from the potential of doing things. Uh, because of that, that seems like more of an easier access. With the movies, though, they seem like they're trying to do their own thing, especially if they're individualizing them and not making them really cater to a continuity. Yeah, I wouldn't even worry about those, and I just don't think that the potential's there as much as the streaming app itself with the television shows on the CW or other formats, maybe even Gotham in the future. No, I, I, want, I want to make sure I'm clear. I, I agree with what you're saying. I do also want the potential of a crossover. I'm just saying if, excuse me, that because Warner Brothers has shown numerous times that for some odd reason, they can't have multiples at the same time. Like they don't want Slade on CW and on the streaming service and in the movie, which to me makes no sense. Um, I'm saying you should, as long as you're saying that you want to completely separate all three, you could have all three going at the same time. I, I, I personally don't see what the issue is having that. Uh, I mean, you have two Flash right now. Uh, you have two Cyborgs right now. Uh, technically two Batman. So it's like I don't get what their big issue is on it. They killed off Deadshot, which I thought was dumb. Um, you're allowed to have multiple versions. That's what the whole idea of multiple Earths is supposed to, is supposed to stand for. So, that is what I was more so speaking to, that you don't have to limit yourself. You can have multiple versions of the same character uh, on three different platforms. And I think they kind of box themselves in with thinking like, oh, no, 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 if we're doing a movie this year, he can't be on any TV show anymore. And that's why I'm saying I think that part is, is dumb. I do agree completely with that. I think that's a stupid thing that they do, and it really limits the television shows usually um, – you know, when you make room for certain other characters and don't allow them to use certain characters because of the movies, when who cares? It's going to be like, like we said, a smaller audience watching the television stuff. So, yeah, I, I do agree with that part completely. All right. Well, Ryan, I think. Do you have any. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, I, I see where you're coming from. And so this, this kind of like tells me one of two things because Manu Bennett came out and said that we will not see him back as Deathstroke. Because Warner Brothers was going to push for Deathstroke in the film, you know they they've had that whole thing like we like you talked about where they kind of don't want to have more than one uh, character. Which they're actively developing a Supergirl movie. So does that mean that we're not going to see Supergirl on TV anymore? Maybe they're getting away with that now that the the DCEU, which is still going to be there, but it's going to be more loosely connected. Because you know. And and they're coming out and saying this, you know, going forward, the movies are going to be in the DCU. They're going to be in the same universe, but they're going to be more focused on standalone uh, type films. So either 
that means we're going to see multiple death strokes, or this is a sign that DC's put Joe Manganiello's death stroke on the back burner, and they're going to push forward with using death stroke on uh, Titans, uh, which I would hate because I really would like to see Joe Manganiello as death stroke. I think he really wants to play the character. I think he'd be a great Batman villain. Uh, you know, so hopefully they're going to look at this like, hey guys, we're not. We're going to, like, let people know that there's these multiple universes. Uh, we're not going to really so much push for the shared universe like Marvel does. And that way people won't get confused. They'll see Superman on TV. They'll see Superman in the movies. Because there wasn't a big deal with Smallville. Even though Tom Welling wasn't calling himself Superman, he's fucking Superman. I'm sorry. He was Superman. He had all the powers. He just didn't wear the suit. Uh, and they made the Superman Returns movie. I think you can do both. People are not stupid. They're not going to get confused. Why are there two Supergirls? Why are there two Supermen? Nobody's going to care about that. In fact, if you're a fan, you're going to love having more of what you love. I mean, Jawan would probably love for there to be a Batman movie and a Batman TV show because it's more Batman. Nobody's going to complain. The general audience, they don't, they're not going to give a shit. They're just going to go watch the movie or the TV show and, and, and enjoy it. So, you know, hopefully – they will move away from that, and and I agree with Dane. If this, if any of the universes on the, uh, the DC universe are going to be connected since Berlani's in charge, I think you're going to see it more connected with uh, the Arrow reverse. So, you know, we could maybe see Batwoman show up on Titans or something like that. I just don't think we're going to see anybody from the DCEU showing up in uh, the Titans universe. Yeah, I mean, which which is fine, but I, I just think that they should stop like overthinking um, because <clears throat> like Dane uh, elaborated before, the amount of people that watch the movies uh, is a way larger percentage than the people that watch the TV shows. So you're not going to get people that are confused. Usually people that watch the TV shows are actual fans that know the, the material. So they can go, oh, they're obviously two different people because they're being played by two different people. I think you're catering to a group of people that could care less. So, I, I don't know. DC just gets in their own it's, way sometimes. But go ahead. I'm sorry. It's silly. Well, it, it's just silly because, I mean, <clears throat> how well is Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse doing right now? It's in a completely different universe than the other Spider-Man. It's a completely different Spider-Man. Yes, it has Peter Parker in it. Audience were able to figure it out, and they spent a shit ton of money going to see it, and it's not the normal – same Spider-Man, and all of those movies have done well, and they've not been the same. You know, you had the Andrew Garfield years, you had the Terry Maguire years. I, I really, the whole concept, like you said, like Kane said, of thinking the audience is stupid and they can't figure it out is kind of fucking irritating when it comes to DC. I agree, because I feel like it boxes them in from uh, potential huge game-changing uh, crossovers. So the, the the more they keep limiting themselves, the the harder it'll be to kind of expand and kind of getting people to buy into your brand fully and not just the idea of your shows or your animated movies. The the whole entity of DC is what you want people backing, and that's kind of what they're stagnant in a little bit. But uh, let's move on. Uh, let's talk about James Wan, where we get the title of the show from. Uh, Corden, we had a report that James Wan is waiting for a perfect sequel script. Uh, before signing a new deal to direct the sequel to Aquaman. Uh, Nick, I'm actually going to go to you because I have not heard from you since the beginning of this show. Uh, what are your thoughts on James Wait, Nick's waiting? Here? Uh, <laughs> right, right? I know listeners are like, wait, 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 hold on. Where's Nick? 
Um, what are your thoughts on James Wan waiting for the perfect script? And also, if he backs out, do you think this movie could have the same, uh, I don't want to say success, because it's, like, it's hard to say, like, oh, it'll get a billion again. But do you right. think this, can, this movie will have the same kind of magic under a different director? Uh, well, to answer the first question, I think it's really smart uh, for James Wan to, you know, basically say, look, like, I'm not, you know, I, I am a very uh, respected director in, in the Hollywood community. I, I've made a lot of successful films. I just made you guys a film that is, you know, making you guys a shit ton of money. Um, so, you know, br- bring me a, a good script, invest the time and effort into um, – creating a story and, 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 you know, take, take giving me something more that I can do with this character. That's fun. And I'll totally come back. And which is, you know, what I feel like is going on here. Um, but like, I'm not just going to sign on just for the sake of signing on to do a sequel at, at like essentially to cash in. Um, James Wan doesn't need money. Like he, like granted, it's nice to have Warner Brothers money, but he doesn't need it. I mean, he can always go off and you know make some new horror thing or some new tie into The Conjuring or whatever. Like that dude um, has got plenty of opportunities out there, plenty of different things he can do, and so he doesn't need it. Um, but that being said, I mean, if they come to him with a good story and say, hey, this is where we want to take it. Um, you know, we're not so worried about having to tie everything into all the other stories that are going on, but, you know, maybe we want to bring in um, this character for a cameo or something like that, something new for you to play with, um, you know, as a director, uh, you know, various things like that, and just come together with a good good script, good story, and all that. Um, I'm sure he will come back. So to answer your second question if he doesn't come back, to me that probably means that he if, – if James Wan isn't satisfied with the script, if that's the reason he's, he doesn't come back, then I think it will be really hard to, um, for the, the sequel to be as successful. Um, now, if, say, for example, by the time they get the scripts along to him, he's already, have, you know, already committed to other projects, but he's like, man, like – that is a really good script. Like I may not like the first couple drafts or the first couple that I, I saw, but this one is really good. I would love to do this movie, but I'm tied up for the next 18 months, you know. And they're like, "Well, we really need, you know, to to be start, you know, to start shooting this in six months." You know, in, in that type of scenario, I don't necessarily think that you have to have James Wan, um, you know, to to have a movie that is equally good. Um, I certainly think it would help, uh, but, I mean, it, it's not a necessity. But you do want to have somebody who has a passion for the project, like James did going into this, that has something unique to bring to the table. And it doesn't even have to be the same thing as James Wan. Like, obviously, James Wan has this horror background, and it served him really well throughout various parts of this movie. Um, he didn't overutilize it. I think he perfectly utilized it. Um, but it was a, it was a way... Um, to, uh, for him to utilize his skills, uh, but not, you know, not have it be that way throughout the whole movie, so still be able to do something new and refreshing and different. Um, so I think that would be the most important part, is you would want to find somebody who um, essentially has uh, a, a certain set of uh, skills or, you know, a certain um, 
certain movie-making style that is going to uh, essentially make your script as good as it can be. And as long as they get that right, I think they'll be fine. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of the this whole, obviously not the same exact circumstances, but it reminds me of the James Gunn situation sure. uh, in a sense of to where it's like the magic that Gunn brought, <clears throat> excuse me, to the Guardians. Whoever that third director is that, that finalizes that, that trilogy, like a lot, of, I won't say a lot of pressure, but there's some pressure on them uh, because oh, yeah. regardless of what you feel of the second movie, whether you, you know, liked it or disliked it, that first one was a huge, huge, huge success. Yeah. Um, and, I, and absolutely a really, really, really good movie. So in the sense of it, I, I would get nervous if James Wan walks into that, that, that office sees a script, doesn't like it, decides not to direct it. I would be nervous because I'm like, wait a minute. If Juan doesn't like the script, I'm really curious as to why. So then my next thought would be whoever you bring in, is this director going to just direct whatever the script is? Or is that director going to come in and go, let's change a few things, let's move a few things around? Um, Because that does matter. Because if you're just bringing in a guy to direct a movie he had little to no input in, uh, as far as the script, that makes me nervous. Um, so, I mean, that's kind of what I would be looking out for. Again, I'm not saying that this movie wouldn't be a success without James Wan, um, because I, I, I can't say that. We wouldn't know. Um, but obviously it wouldn't have the same magic it did uh, with James Wan for the first one. So, I mean, it'll be interesting, but I do not think we should panic in the sense of James Wan's not coming back. That's not been said. <laughs> I kind of feel like, Juan's just saying it's not what I'm looking to rush into at this moment. When the script comes, I'll read it. If I like it, we'll talk, and then we'll move forward. Um, yeah. You know, and a lot I, of, go ahead. I was just going to say, I think, too, like, as far as the the, the James Gunn example, um, I, I see that as far as whoever whoever has to come in and do Volume 3, um, if that's a similar scenario to the, the Aquaman sequel. Um, but I think there's there's a certain, like, definitive style that is there with Guardians. Now, granted, they have a script for the third one, so this whoever this director is that they bring in will, you know, have the blueprint to work from. Um, but, you know, there's a certain style to those movies, whereas I think, like, obviously there was a certain blending of styles with Aquaman, but I think it, it, it has enough open avenues to where you don't necessarily have to make it in the same exact style of the first one. Um, it, it, and that just depends on where your story goes. Like, there may not be those kind of horror elements in the first one because, you know, if they don't need to revisit the trench in the story, it makes it so that, you know, that, that sort of element that James Wan brought to it isn't a necessity. Um, so, I mean, I would I would encourage them to just write a good script and maybe James Wan is or isn't the director for it. But like, don't handicap yourself either by saying, well, this guy's a horror director. So we need to get these horror elements in there. Cause you know, like the first one had it and it's like, dude, no, you don't, you don't need to do that at all. You just need to tell a good story. Right. So <clears throat> what you're saying is don't write a script with James Wan in mind, just write a good script right. uh, exactly. and allow him as a director to direct it to feel like a James Wan movie, but don't write it to where it's specifically now a James Wan movie. And now you bring in someone whose last project was like Princess Bride. Now you're telling them like you have to make a James Wan feeling kind of movie. Like don't right. handicap yourself. Just make a write a good movie, 
and then just move from there. Whoever directs it will bring in whatever is unique to them, but you just have a good script. I completely get what you're saying. I completely get what you're saying, but I do want James James Wan back. <laughs> yeah, I, I love Rob Reiner, but I don't necessarily trust him to do an Aquaman sequel. Just throwing that out there. I'm, I'm right there with you, man. Uh, Dane, I'm going to go to you. Uh, what, what are your thoughts on James Wan waiting um, for a perfect script before moving forward? And do you kind of feel like a sequel can be as successful, maybe not box office-wise, just being a good movie-wise, without James Wan? I was actually hoping that he would wait for a terrible script to come along, like just try to go for some entry-level uh, guy that's writing and just get that and just, you know, do whatever. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> no, I, I mean, yeah, that makes sense, you know. And I'm not going to say that. I, I don't think the Aquaman necessarily had, uh, you know, a perfect script. Um, so that's good if the sequel, mold it into what it's supposed to be, worry about the movie first. Like, you know, you and obviously Nick said, don't cater towards even the director's style. Just make a good film. And if James Wan can't do it based on him being uh, doing some other movie and he maybe gets uh, one of his director friends, which he's got many of them, to take over for it or, or something to that extent, that's fine. Um, I think the franchise would, would, would still fare well. And maybe, honestly, if they use James Wan's production company and they're able to you know, do some of the special effects from the last one. Maybe a different storyteller's perspective wouldn't be bad for the franchise. I loved uh, uh, James Wan's eye for Atlantis, and I was a real big fan of Aquaman, but who knows? Um, you know, I it's uh, look at the Thor franchise. All three of those movies are different directors, um, and, you know, people like them however they like them. Uh, maybe that's actually a horrible example since they progressively, well, no, Ragnarok was good. I don't know. It's, it's, a, it's a crazy mix. All I'm saying is I would love for him to stay on, but it's kind of like Ryan Coogler with the uh, Creed franchise. He couldn't do the second one. I think it, it definitely showed, uh, but this is something different with a comic character like Aquaman. So another person can still give their opinion, their interpretation of it. Just worry about having a good script first and foremost, more so than anything, um, and I'll be happy. Yeah, I think that's a good point. Oh, go ahead, Nick. Just real quick, Jordan. I think that's a good point, Dan. Like, the the first film wasn't – like, the script wasn't anything special. Like, it it was good. It was fine. Um, But, like, that's not what made that movie. Um, You know, I I think the biggest thing that made that movie was obviously Jason Momoa and and James Wan's uh, kind of visionary style. Um, But, like, that's another reason why I think going into the sequel, you probably need a better script because if you're not certain that you have James Wan, it may take a better script to deliver the same quality of movie um, if you don't have that visionary director kind of behind it, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, I, I completely understand what you're saying. I was going to ask you, Dane, and then I'll come back to this question uh, for you, Nick, after I go to Kanan. But I was going to ask you, Dane, if Kugler couldn't do Black Panther, the the sequel to Black Panther, would you feel equally as confident with, obviously, whoever took the helm of that movie? Or do you feel like what he brought in that first movie, it's like you kind of need Kugler to do that sequel, or would you have trusted someone else to, to helm that movie? 
Look, I'm going to completely contradict myself from what I was just saying, but um, <laughs> yeah, that's much more important to have Kugler a part of Black Panther 2 than I think James wanted to be a part of Aquaman 2. Um, that it's just like it's just like Creed without you know without Kugler for the second one. I definitely want to see his vision remain for that project. I love James Wan. And visually, he was able to make a really amazing uh, universe. But I still think someone could take that and do something else with it. I'm not so confident uh, with Black Panther. Those would be huge shoes to fill. Yeah, I just want to kind of gauge where 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 you're at as far as, um, like, could, could franchises continue um, and still keep that same feel if the director is gone? I mean, because I personally feel like, uh, the guy who directed Thor Ragnarok. After I left Ragnarok, I was kind of like, this guy should have directed all three of these movies. And I think we'd be taught, we ha- we'd be having a whole different discussion about Thor's Thor's trilogy uh, than than we do now, uh, just because yeah, it's fun and he made Thor feel. Well, I, just in the sense of it, it made Thor fun. Like the rest of the movies, it was just I don't know. I kind of felt just so bored with Thor. Like Chris Hemsworth they, wasn't bad. They didn't hate Thor Ragnarok. <laughs> yeah, let's let's just let's just turn a great action character and and Norse god into one of the Three Stooges. I'd appreciate throughout a whole entire <laughs> franchise. <laughs> Let me ask you this, I, Cindy. I, I, I liked it. Do you prefer? I, I get a lot. Hey, <laughs> I love Taika Waititi, and I I I think that anyone should go and watch um uh what the hell in the shadows, the one that's yeah. about the vampires. It's hilarious. He makes great films. I just did not like his dwarf films outside the visuals. That's fine. Let me ask you this, then, Dane. Um, not with you not being a huge fan of Ragnarok, is there a which of the Thor movies do you prefer? Uh, God, not really, <laughs> not really any of them. The first, the first one, the first one was one of the more. It was, it was, I guess, the first one, but it was one of the more boring out of the first couple Marvel films that came out to me. Second one had a lot of potential. They tried, they mixed sci-fi and fantasy, and just badly executed. And the third one, like I said, turned into some goofy Guardians of the Galaxy sequel with Thor and Hulk in it. To me, yeah, yeah I, I, I don't know. I think the first one is is like kind of the classic fish out of water tale, which kind of works um, in some aspects, but not in others. And I agree with you; like it's 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 a little, um, it 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 lacks uh, just I don't know, like good action, really. So um, like there's not, yeah. Well, maybe, um, but like, yeah. I mean, I don't know. That's the thing. I I totally understand your your objection to Thor Ragnarok, and, and I get why. Um, you like you you just don't personally enjoy it, um, but I think it just coming from a the standpoint of like an enjoyable story around a character, even if you don't like the interpretation of the character, I think Ragnarok definitely is the best out of the three. Fair enough. It's I definitely mean, the, honestly, best, the then, most well made uh, movie out of the three yeah. Thor films. I'll definitely absolutely. Give it that. I mean, I left the first Thor saying to myself, if you didn't cast Hiddleston, <clears throat> excuse me, and get uh in was able to land Anthony Hopkins, I don't think I could even remotely stand in that movie, like, at all. Like, I left that saying, like, man, I love whoever the Chris Hemsworth's eyebrows is. were too blonde in that one. That, they that were. Okay. The crazy thing time. is, crazy thing is, I don't blame Hemsworth's performance 
on Hemsworth. That was just horrible writing for that sports character, I felt. Well, they wanted to make um, it very Shakespearean and stuff. Like, even Joss Whedon kind of continued that in Avengers. I think we can all agree Infinity War is the quintessential Thor. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. We should have the Russo yep. brothers make every Marvel movie from here on out. <laughs> <laughs> that is, that's where we're all at. Uh, either the Russos or Ryan Coogler. That's that's kind of where we landed on that. Uh, but Kane, I'm going to go to you before we move on. Um, your thoughts, your thoughts on James Wan waiting for the perfect script, and do you think that that movie could hold the same magic without James Wan? I'm particularly really interested in hearing your opinion because you had, I think, um, Aquaman still below Man of Steel overall, as, as far as the movie. Me too. Right? Yeah, yeah, dude. Man of Steel is still the best uh, DCEU movie made for me, in my opinion. Uh, just overall storytelling-wise, it was better. Uh, I, I mean, I really like Aquaman, but it, uh, as far I mean, but that's as far as my rankings. That's not what we're talking about. But uh, as far as Juan goes, I mean, honestly, I think he's kind of just saying what he can say to get people off his back and. You know, this movie's only been out a month, and people are already hounding him about the next film. And I think he's kind of just wanting to be able to breathe a little bit. Uh, it's funny for a franchise that so many people shit on. Uh, everybody's, <laughs> like, in your face about when are you going to come back and do another one. If I was James Wan, I'd be like, uh, but, you know, you shit on the franchise. You hate this, you hate that, so why, what do you care if we come back? I mean, his movie just made a billion dollars. Uh, it's still making money. It hasn't even come out in Japan yet. Uh, it hasn't. It's been out just now over a month. Just let the man breathe. Let him just kind of have a moment to enjoy this and see where it goes. Um, I think that he would come back, um, but he's he said in interviews that this movie was very taxing on him as far as visual effects go. I know he did uh, Fast and Furious. Um, there are effects that go with that, but this movie was. Aquaman is much more uh, visual effects heavy, especially trying to get all that stuff done with uh, the underwater effects. Um, if you've seen like some of the behind the scenes stuff, like their hair is not even like uh, put down; they have it in a bun, and then they're going in and adding the hair digitally to make it look like it's flowing in the water. So he's just he's been working on this movie for like over a year now. And I think he just kind of wants to take a break. So I think he's going to say, um, you know, what he, you know, what will get people off his back for now. Um, hopefully they don't hound him like people did, uh, you know, Ben Affleck with Batman. When are you going to direct? 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 When are you coming back? You know, hopefully he doesn't get that. Um, I know people see a billion dollars and they're like, oh, my God, we need you to come back for every movie. I don't think James Wan really has to come back. For Aquaman to be a success, um, I think it helps, um, especially internationally, because people love James Wan and his name being attached to that film helps. Um, I think he will come back. I think people just need to take a moment and breathe. Um, Patty Jenkins even just said that she's not sure that she will even direct the third movie, but she's gonna, you know, she has an idea for it. She's gonna help write it and stuff like that. So even she's not committed to a third movie because she hasn't even finished the second one yet. So people just need to stop asking, you know, and just, you know, maybe she wants to go do something else. I mean, let people have their moments. You know, 
Uh, Ryan Coogler, you know, we're talking about him. He was the same way. He did such a great job with Black Panther that people were like, when are you going to do another one? When are you going to do another one? He was like, I don't know that I'm doing another one. Like, I don't know that I want to do another one. Like, I mean, just let me enjoy this one first. And I think that's what we need to do. There's a lot of other movies and a lot of other stuff coming out that we can enjoy. We need to let these people just have their moment uh, and go from there. Uh, I would love to see Ryan Coogler come back and do Black Panther. I think there are other great African-American directors that could come back. And do, I mean, they could direct that movie. I think F. Gary Gray could do a good job. I think Spike Lee could do a good Black Panther movie. Um, I think uh, you could get a female director to do the film. Uh, if Ava DuVernay wasn't doing uh, New Gods, maybe you could get her. I mean, there, there's other potential to bring in other great directors um, to do films. Um, like, like, like I said with Juan, Kugler's name is big. People would love for him to come back. Um, he's got that reputation um, with the the cast already. They kind of know what he's about. Uh, I think uh, Momoa and Amber Heard and everybody love working with Juan. I think they've got a great relationship. Um, so, I mean, I'd like to see him come back as well. I think James Wan would do a great job um, horror-wise. I'd like to see him do Justice League Dark. I don't necessarily think yeah. he has to be a director for Aquaman. I think he could do – he could help write it. He could help – you know, do some input on it like Snyder did with Aquaman and stuff like that. But I think you could do James Wan could go and do Justice League, you know, uh, Dark, you know, help him, you know, maybe get him in other avenues. But as long as he's in the DC universe, um, which he's not going anywhere. Him and Hamada are like brothers, man. They're they're tight. They're not they're not going to yeah, go they anywhere. Love each other. Hamada's not yeah Hamada's not going to let that happen. Uh, so James Wan is going to have some type of uh, tent pole in the DC universe going forward. He may not direct, but he's still going to have an influence. Uh, but just let the man breathe. I just, I just, it's crazy, man. I cannot believe Patty Jenkins was already talking about Wonder Woman three. It's like, I mean, we've seen one trailer for. No, have we even seen a trailer? We haven't even seen a trailer. No. We've seen like behind, we've seen behind the scenes footage of Wonder Woman eighty four, and people are already asking about Wonder Woman three, like. I mean, Steve, uh, Chris Pine is getting asked, are you coming back for part three? I'd have been like, dude, I haven't even finished filming the second one yet. Like, I mean, you you want me to spoil the second one by saying, yeah, I'm coming back? I mean, oh, my gosh, it's so crazy, man. It just it just kills me, man. For a, Like I said, for a franchise that people seem to hate so much, man, they're like, when are you coming back? When are you doing this? When are you doing that? You know, I'm just glad that the movie – I'm just glad Aquaman was a success. DC, you know, in – terms of uh, and I mean in one I'm I'm so glad he was part of it he helped but uh, you know I just he just needs a moment to enjoy it and then we'll go from there I mean let's let's get I Green Lantern can we get a Green Lantern movie before we start talking about Aquaman? well that's what I was going to get say. A Green Lantern like, what do you think we'll what do you think we'll see first uh, Wonder Woman three or a Man of Steel two Wonder Woman Wonder three. Woman three yeah, cause, yeah, I mean, exactly. I'm going to fucking blast my goddamn head to Krypton. It's going to go on a trip and just bash into that damn planet and blow it the fuck up. That's how I feel about that. I, I will yeah, say, can we get can we get a Flash movie? I mean, there's so many other movies. Can we get those before you start pumping out Wonder Woman 3 or Aquaman 2? I mean, oh my gosh, man. I mean, get the priorities straight over there, man. Let's get some other stuff going, you know? Let's get that uh, Blue Beetle Booster Gold movie going that y'all talked about, that Hawkman movie. Uh, let's get some of that stuff going uh, before you start talking about Wonder Woman 3 or you start pressuring Juan to come back for Aquaman 2. You know, there's a lot of other properties you can start putting out. I, I think you're say, conflating Kevin. two different things there, though. 
Like the, you're talking about like studio needs to be doing something, but the people who are um, like really hounding these people about when are they coming back, I don't think is necessarily the studio. I think that's more with like press and everyone trying to get the first scoop and all that kind of shit, you know? Yeah. I mean, no, I, that's, I, I, and that's what I'm saying. I'm, I'm just saying that one is already answering questions about another movie when this movie hasn't even been out a month. And yeah. he's just giving a probably a generic answer. Like, if the script's good, then y'all come back. I think he's just kind of saying stuff right now to get people off his back. But at the same time, we as fans don't, and even the studio themselves don't in the press don't need to pressure Juan into when are you coming back. Focus on other things first, then start progressing with other films. Let Juan kind of take the time to step back and enjoy this, maybe do another movie, then come back and do this. That's what, that's what I'm saying. There's so many – once people sure. get fixated on something, it's exactly how they were with Affleck after the BVS. Oh, my God, uh, Batman v Superman is a shitty movie. But Ben Affleck, we want you to come back as Batman. We, when are you going to do it? When are you going to do it? When are you going to do it? I mean, they hounded him so much that it, like, broke him. Like, he's like, fuck it. I don't even want to touch Batman no more. Like, I'm done. Like, I'm just going to go – Filmed this well, movie with Netflix. I, you know, I mean, he also just, went through a divorce and crazy. drug addiction and stuff. Well, yeah, and it's like all kinds of other shit. What? But it's like too. Like, what are they gonna ask Juan? Like, hey, when's the Flash movie coming? Like, they're obviously if they're asking James Wan questions, then it'll be about James Wan stuff. You know, like I get, well, I get yeah. where you're coming from. I totally do. Like, um, you don't want to see, you know, the 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 creative talent behind this like, burn out on it by people from the outside pressuring them and saying they got to do this, they got to do that, yada, yada, yada. But I'm just saying, like, that's that's the way that that's the way that media works. That's the way the press works. There's really nothing that we can do about that. Um, you know, I mean, James Wan's just going to have to kind of continue to give, like you're saying, that kind of generic answer and just be like, hey, man, when it happens, it happens, and, like, just let it roll off his back. I mean, not even that. Also, I think people that head into the superhero genre, I think what they have to start understanding is this isn't like if you do a heist movie or if you do an action movie. This is a whole different realm. We are the most neediest fan base of all time, of all time. The geek fan base, whether that's Harry Potter, Lord of the Rings, Transformers, superhero movies, whatever. We are super needy, meaning if it's good... (laughs) We want more of it. It's the equivalent to where it's like if your aunt makes amazing macaroni and cheese. Right after you eat it, the first thing you're saying to her is, are you bringing some over tomorrow? She's like, you just ate this. Can you let this guy get No, 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 no. I need some more tomorrow and the next day. So it's just the idea of it's a compliment. So you shouldn't burn out from it. You should be, uh, you know, you should be humbled by it. If we're begging Ben Affleck to come back as Batman, it's not because we want him, you know, to, to burn out from it, it's because we loved his performance. Like, you know, it, it, it's crazy because it's like, you can look at it from both lenses, but it's like, if it was bad, like, Thor came out. A lot of people, no, no, I'm sorry, Thor Dark World came out. No one was asking Hemsworth when's the third one coming out. We were patient. We were like, well, wait, just make a really good movie. We're fine waiting. No one's begging Michael Bay for another Transformers or another Ninja Turtles movie. We're patient. So it's when it's good that we're like, we need it now. And technically, Kanan, think about this. At Let's say a year after Man of Steel came out. You're telling me you wouldn't have been hounding Henry Cavill about a sequel? 
I mean, me personally, I wouldn't have hounded him. I mean, I would have wanted one, but I'm just saying that, you know, there's so much pressure. I mean, and it's from the press. It was probably more from the press than it was from Warner Brothers because everywhere, you know, when Ben Affleck was trying to promote another film, all they talked about was Batman. And, I mean, I think that kind of – and I agree with Dane. It, a lot of the stuff might – he might have answered those questions. I think he had a lot of other stuff going on in his life. I mean, I know he did because it was everybody made it public. Uh, I mean, the, the Ben Affleck situation is probably a little bit different, but um, you know, you you had like I said, you brought up Coogler. We talked about one. They've kind of already said how big these movies were, and I think when they get into them, they don't realize just how big they are as far as the Absolutely. fans go and the pressure. There's a lot of pressure to get these movies done right. Um, especially yeah. with Marvel, because Marvel right now is on that 20-year run where every movie, even if we don't think they're good, the critics-wise, they've done well at the box office. If they have one skid, then that director is just going to be looked at like, oh, my God, you're the guy that crashed the plane. <laughs> you have fucked up this whole movie universe because there's a – a green splat next to your movie, and he's going to be like, oh, my God, you know, I tried to do the best I could. There's a lot of pressure. So maybe they don't want to come back and deal with all that pressure. And like I said, I mean, you spent a whole year working on something, and you busted your ass. Don't you just kind of want to take a break? You just be like, mm, I'm not just going to jump right back in the studio and start making another one. Like, I want to take yeah. the time. I mean – I, I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying, but you have to remember this is a fan base. Like I'd understand if you're saying the studio was putting the squeeze on them. The fan base doesn't care. They don't care that you just spend an hour away from your family. Like think about this: when when Ben Affleck was going through all that stuff that was uh, that he was going through, no one cared. People were like, "Dude, just get in the cow." Like, what, what, what yeah, are you complaining they about? Were. Cash your check, get in your cow, and go be Batman. So as a fan base, we don't care about that. I, I, I can guarantee we do not care about that. The Russo brothers did a Q&A for Infinity War. All the questions that people were asking were about Endgame. Do you know what they did in that Q&A? Instead of saying, like, they were burnt out or whatever, they had an air horn that they kept blowing every time someone asked an Endgame question to let them know <laughs> they're not answering it. So, like, have fun with it, but Rant, you have to understand your this comes in with another the castle. Go away. I, I think it, right, depend, comes I think it depends on... I think it depends on the person, and I think that the studio – I think Warner Brothers was pressuring Ben Affleck to get the Batman going. I think when he got burnt out and he walked away, uh, I think they've not done that with Matt Reeves because they know they've got a good director. They're going to give him his time because if they pressure him and he walks away, then, then what are you going to do? But they have pushed away other directors um, before. They've pushed away uh, Seth Gordon Green, The Flash, Famiera with – the Flash. Who else have they pushed away? I mean, that's two people. Wasn't because they Gavin O'Connor rumored and and um, for yeah. something, and then Gavin and then there were several on the Flash. There was like two or three that walked away from Flash. Gavin, Nick, Gavin got pushed yeah. out because his Suicide Squad two script was exactly the same as I think the new Harley Quinn movie that's coming out. Oh, that's so right. That's what like, it was. Yeah. Yeah, they took priority. But I mean, Kanan. Yeah. It, it, at the end of the day, before we move on, it's what studios do. I mean, if you come out with an amazing album. No, no studio or no uh, company is going to say, you know what? Take take a few months, you know, gather yourself. Right. No, they're like, dude, get you're going to have an A and R man at your door. One. Like, when's that next exactly. single coming, buddy? <laughs> exactly. So that's that's how that world works. So getting into it, you have to know, uh, you know, this is what this is what comes with it. And if you don't know, there's been billions of people that are in this superhero world. Ask them, like, ask them, like, how do you, you know, how do you deal with this? 
and then you, you could find better ways to deal with it. But you're not going to get me feeling sorry, director and actor, uh, that has to answer too many questions about a movie that just made them a millionaire. So I, I don't feel sympathy in, in the sense of that. Like, it's a compliment. You should want people that are that excited about something you've done wanting to see more. That's just how I look at it. If people came to us and kept saying, when is the new Geek Vibes Live episode? They asked us that every day. I'd feel honored. Like, okay, dude, look, we're going to try to do it. Like, you know what I mean? I, I, we could do it when we could do it. That's all I can tell you. Um, but I wouldn't feel burned out. It'd be an honor, especially if we were getting paid millions to do it. So, anyway, let's move on. Uh, let's head into another topic that isn't necessarily – I have it in the D.C. topic. Isn't necessarily a D.C. topic, but I desperately want it to be. Um, so, Dan, I'm going to go to you first on this one. According to THR, the, the next uh, untitled film from director Christopher Nolan is set to release in theaters in IMAX on July 17, 2020. Now, Dane, I'm going to you, man, because I want to know if, and I mean if, this is a DC property, or even if you want to speculate on what the movie is, uh, regardless, what do you think this untitled film is from Christopher Nolan? Not anything comic book related. That's what I think. I love, I love your love for those those Batman movies that I also enjoy, Juan, but. I this is going to be Nolan's next big thing. What the hell it's going to be? I have no idea, which is extremely intriguing. Nolan's one of those directors like a Tarantino where once their name is put out there and a project's coming out, I'm anticipating it even before I know details of what it is. Um, I don't think it's going to be a sequel to anything he's done in the past because he doesn't do that outside of the Batman franchise. It's not going to be another comic book film, although I would – I mean, if you wanted to do that, I would love that. I wouldn't have a problem with that. But part of me wants it just to be original film because I love his original films so much by themselves. They all stand out. Uh, you know, obviously, besides the Dark Knight trilogy, all of them are completely different film to film. And uh, he's a great storyteller. So I don't care if he's doing, you know, the colonization of Vikings to America or a fucking you know, a movie about ants crawling through the ground. It's probably going to be groundbreaking and a damn good film. And uh, I'm excited about it. I loved his war movie that he just made, Dunkirk. I thought it was incredible. I know a lot of people thought it was boring. And, uh, you know, well, go watch your Transformers films. That's all I got to say about that. I, I do want to know from you, though, Dane, if it were, if, just if, on the small chance that it is, what would you like to see? Christopher Nolan direct in the in the DC universe, obviously outside of the Batman that he's already done. Martian Manhunter. I think that he's a director like Denny Villeneuve that would be able to really go into that character and bring a more human story, kind of the one that I've been pitching for a long time of just a crime-related story with science fiction elements. Um, that would be definitely one of them. Outside of that, I'm not 100% sure. I mean, yeah, kind of part of my mind goes to like a Batman Beyond scenario because he obviously can do some futuristic stuff. I mean, he's Nolan. Uh, but I kind of want to, if, if he were to get another DC character, it would either be Martian Manhunter or someone even more obscure. I don't really know exactly what that would be. I'm not saying Doom Patrol, but like something on those lines that he could really flesh his, himself into, basically. Yeah, he would Fair be enough. perfect for your your Manhunter idea, Dame. Like a film noir with fucking Batman and Martian Manhunter. Like, fucking Christopher Nolan would fucking kill that, dude. Yeah, I agree. 
Canon, I'll go to you next. Uh, what are your thoughts on this untitled film from Christopher Nolan uh, set to release next year in July? Uh, what do you What do you think it's going to be? Uh, and again, do you think it could possibly be superhero related? God, Juwan, let it go. Not every movie that comes out is superhero related. Jeez. No, first off, only Christopher Nolan could have a date. No other details, but just a date. I'm dropping a movie on this date, guys, and it'd be the biggest news ever. Like, I mean, bigger than superhero movie news, because that's just how good of a director Christopher Nolan is. Uh, no, I don't think he ever. I don't. I don't see Christopher Nolan ever coming back to the world of superheroes. I think he did his time with Batman. He helped out a little bit with Man of Steel. I think he's done. I think he just doesn't want any part of that world anymore, and he doesn't need to be. Uh, but I agree with Dane. I think he could make a great Martian Manhunter film uh, because he could combine the elements of uh, sci-fi and space, like he did with Interstellar. Do some cool trippy shit, like he did with Inception. Oh man, that'd be a good movie. Uh, damn you, Jawan, and your putting your superhero seeds in my brain. Um, no, I don't know what he did, man. I, I hope it's a – I think he did such a good job with Dunkirk that um, I almost would like to see him kind of maybe do like a, a, a war-type film. Um, I think he would be pretty good to do like a – I know they talked about doing the Call of Duty movie. I know he's not going to do that because that would be like a franchise-type thing. Um but uh, man, I don't know. It's gonna be it's gonna be something cool. I uh, just there's not enough to go on. It's just a date. So um, I'd like him to maybe do a horror film. He hasn't really done anything scary, really. Oh. So I think it'd be cool if he kind of did like a like a sci-fi kind of type horror type film. Um, I don't know, man. He'd have been pretty good if uh, you know, like Aliens or something. But. It's just hard to say. I'm, I'm looking forward to it, though. Man, Christopher Nolan hadn't – doesn't seem like he's done anything in forever, but it's only been a couple of years. I the original sci-fi – original sci-fi or horror movie would be really interesting. Like, sci-fi in the sense of, like, aliens, like you're saying, like, not necessarily a franchise. I will throw out uh, – I don't think it would happen, but if we're going to keep on going the theoretical route, especially with comic book films, since that's what we do with our show – I mean, would anyone be extremely excited if we finally integrated the X-Men into the MCU and Christopher Nolan's directing the first film? I think all of us would fucking shit ourselves. Yeah, just stop now. (laughs) Like, I I agree with Kanan. You and Juwan, fucking, you're killing us over here. (laughs) Dude, if the MCU gets... uh, Christopher Nolan, then, then dude, it's game over. It's game (laughs) over, man. I'm sorry, like... He could do a like he could do anything he wanted, but you know would he want to do a trilogy again though? So that's another thing. No. Like, people would love his movies and want to pressure him to come back and do another one. So probably and, one uh, film. Yeah, yeah. See, I would rather I would rather if he's gonna tackle something like I would rather him do like a Doom movie, like or. Um, or a Silver Surfer movie, or something like that. Something that could stand as like a one-off. Adam Warlock. And then that, and then that, yeah, Adam Warlock. That would be a great one. And then they could they could implement that character moving forward. But there wouldn't be like it would be like this. He's just going to do one movie because obviously you can't just do one Fantastic Four movie or one X Men movie. Um, but you could just do like one Adam Warlock movie and then just use Adam Warlock's character in, in other movies going forward. I think that would be, if there was any 
hope of him doing anything in the MCU, that would have to be it. I would say, Ken, in the point that you made of, like, a, a horror kind of feel, I would have loved to have seen Christopher Nolan take on the the movie that James Gunn is uh, is producing about that kid that is 100% Superman. Um, I think something really unique with a story kind of like that. Um, that's not a superhero movie that probably won't spin off to be a, uh, a franchise or anything. Um, just a real horror kind of feel to spin uh, and a really good story. I think he could have done something truly special with a uh, an idea like that. Um, but, yeah, no, I'm not saying it, it has to be a superhero movie. We're obviously a geek-related show. So, I mean, he's done one before. So it's one of those things where it's like, if you were to do another one, what would it be? Um, but, yeah, I do want to say I do not want it to be an Inception Part 2. I kind of feel like that movie doesn't really need a Part 2. Um, no, I'm I don't think with it how will. It ended. Um, yeah. I, I didn't, I I'll didn't be really pissed if they make a second one. Thank you. I was just about to say, I didn't leave that movie saying, man, I really hope they do a sequel. I kind of left that movie like, man, I don't think I, my questions will ever be answered. <laughs> like, for, was that a dream or not? So um, I, I don't want uh, there to be a sequel to that ever. I don't even want there to be a remake 20 years down the, down the line. Uh, leave that movie alone. I was perfect. Uh, but hmm. Nick, sorry. I'm taking time for you. Sorry. Um, what are your thoughts on this mystery project that Nolan has coming out next year? What do you think it's going to be, and what would you like it to be? Um, I, I mean, I'm super excited. I mean, I, I pretty much I, I love all of his movies. I uh, actually went back maybe two years ago and watched Following, which is his very first movie. It's black and white. It's just a little film noir, um, and awesome. it's really good. Yeah, it's really, really fucking good. Um, like, just, like, creepy, and, and it's got just, like, this this kind of crazy vibe to it. And, like, I, had I seen that movie, like, before seeing anything else, like, it would have been, like, essentially, seeing, you know, seeing Pi. Like, you're like, dude, this guy's going to go on to be a fucking hell of a director. And, of course, he did. Um, but, like, uh, yeah, I mean, he's just, he it, all of his movies are really, really good. Um, I mean, when when your weakest movie is probably Insomnia, um, and even that movie is really fucking good, like, you know you're a really good director. Um, and he's just been, like, on such a streak, you know, as of, you know, since pretty much 2005. Really, I mean, fuck, really his whole career. Um, but as far as, like, not just, you know, the, the critics and the fans, but also blockbuster status, um, you know, since he started helming the Batman movies and, and that, that kind of fan base followed him to his other projects. Um, I, I definitely don't think it, it would be uh, any kind of thing in the superhero realm. I, you know, I, personally, what I would kind of like to see, because, you know, we've seen, uh, we've seen him do, like, crime drama stuff with Insomnia Memento. Um, we, we've seen him do sci-fi stuff, obviously, with Inception and Interstellar. Um, we've seen him do the comic book stuff. Um, I would, and, and, of course, Dunkirk, the war movie, I'd really like to see him do a Western. Like, I just think that would be really fucking cool to see Christopher Nolan's, like, interpretation um, of, like, yeah. a really cool original Western story. Like, not based off of any, like, real person or anything per se, but, in, I mean, just unless there's somebody that he was, like, really fascinated about that maybe hasn't had their story told. Um, but, no, I just think that would be super fucking awesome. Like, there's not enough good Westerns anymore. Like, they're just not really popular. But, like, you know, Tarantino obviously did two in a row. Um, Django was wildly successful. Um, the Hateful Eight, not as much, but I thoroughly enjoyed it. 
Um, you know, I think, you know, directors like that can get away in, in, with anything. They can do whatever the fuck movie they want. Um, and I, I just would like to see that. I mean, I think his, his, um, his, the way he directs and like the way, um, the stories that he likes to tell, I just think it would be really cool to see like his version of like the West, whether it be, you know, it's set. I mean, I feel like you could set it. Um, you could either set it in like 1880s, um, you know, uh, uh, America, uh, in in like the the Wild West, or you could even set it in like 1880s Australia, because I mean they had a lot of the same type of stuff, um, like Ned Kelly and all that stuff. Um, so like, but regardless, I mean, I just think that would be really, really fucking cool. Um, I mean, I'd also be down for him to do another sci-fi movie. He does them so well. And if I had to bet, I would say he's probably going to do another war movie. Um, he seems like he gets on kicks and he likes to like really like, cause like, you know, he had, you know, his, it, in between his, his Batman stuff was mostly like sci-fi, uh, type stuff. Um, and then, you know, most recently he did a war movie. Um, I, I would be bet on that, at, you know, out of anything. Um, but, I mean, a Western, I just think, would be really, really cool. Um, get get people back in the, you know, back in theater seats to, like, see a really fucking cool Western. That would be awesome. Yeah, I mean, I don't I don't disagree with you. I, I am a huge Quentin Tarantino fan in the sense of I, I love uh, hatefully, I, I love that movie. Oh, it's great! I could watch it a billion times. Um, I thought just everything from you know what was, Tarantino was would be good for. I know Tarantino. I know he's very limited on what movies he's going to be doing because he's almost at the end of his career based on what he said of how many films he's going to do. But dude, Hateful Eight makes me think that Tarantino would be perfect to adapt a Red Dead Redemption uh, movie oh, from yeah. the video game. Like, I oh, think definitely that movie. I think he could adapt it so well that it probably it might be one of the best adapted video game movies ever. I just know he's it not would do be the best. Like Actually, can your yeah, can your brain get a boner? Because I think mine just did. Actually, <laughs> yeah, I think I think it could happen. I think the only thing stopping I think he would really enjoy doing. It. I think the only thing stopping it would be uh, whatever studio picks it up. They would have to give him complete freedom to make that movie. Any way he sees fit. Um, and yeah, and, it's a video and he would have to write the entire story, and it wouldn't right. follow the story that's already exists. No, not at all. You not know, at all. So. He would need complete freedom, and I don't think the video game company would want to sign off on that for the for whatever studio would be willing to pick it up. I mean, just think about it like this. Think about how great we already think Red Dead is. It would be even more, even more vulgar, even more blood, even more dialogue. Like <laughs> Quentin Tarantino would completely make that story a Quentin Tarantino story, not a Red Dead Redemption story. Um, yeah, I do think I, I he just would don't like think to it, do it. I just don't think yeah, it's possible. I just don't think it's possible. The only, um, the only like adapted uh, property that he's ever done is Jackie Brown, which is based off an Elmore Leonard novel because he has like a like a huge. Um, like man crush on Elmore Leonard, um, but like that's the only one, and I just don't see. I, I just don't. But see he that is happening. getting weird though now, because he's doing that Star Trek film. Correct me if I'm wrong, right? Uh, well, no, he he's was not rumored to be. Yeah, he, he, the last I heard, he he had an idea for it, and he pitched the idea um, to uh, whatever studio uh, owns owns the rights to that. Paramount. Um, 
Yeah, yeah. And, and, and basically said that left it in their hands, left the pitch in their hands, and that somebody, like, they, they were, Paramount was going to have somebody write the script, um, and then he was basically going to doctor it and all tarantino it, if you will, um, and, and might possibly direct, but that was never even part of that, you know, whole thing. So, um, so I mean, it's, it's nowhere near close to, um, to, to that, but obviously again, like it, my, my point still being, it takes the right kind of franchise. Like he would have to really love Red Dead Redemption. And the fact that he's already done two Westerns, I don't think he would make a third Western based on a video game as one of his final films. I just don't see it. As much as I would love it. Go ahead, Dan. I was, I I said agreed. Uh, I'm just, um, how do we get on the Quentin Tarantino? Am I am I losing it right now? I'm... No, no. The point I was trying the point I was trying to make is like um, you know Nolan quite liked Tarantino. I'm a fan in the sense of whatever he's pitching me, like even if it seems insane, I'm gonna go. Nah, I'm gonna wait for that trailer first before I say anything. Like it could be completely absurd, and I'd be like, Nah, I gotta see a trailer first. Like that's how much I trust him. But I would personally like to see um, Christopher Nolan take a a story based on true events. Uh, something with like uh, a gruesome murderer or something like that and, and make a film that's, you know, loosely based on, on true events. Because um, that's one thing I don't think we've seen of, of him. Maybe Dunkirk, maybe was, was that based off something that actually happened? Uh, I don't think I saw the, the whole Oh, Dunkirk. Jesus, Joy. It's, 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 it's a true story. <laughs> okay, cool. Um, so I'd like to see him do something like that uh, in the sense of, like, taking a, a, a murderer case or something like that and, and really kind of, like, exploring that. Uh, I think he'd do something really cool with that. Um, but, yeah, uh, I was kind of going for, as far as superhero, I was going for Green Lantern or Batman Beyond. That's what I was shooting for. Um, but, excuse me, let's move on. We got some Marvel news to go over. Uh, man, this is really exciting, and this is also a middle finger to everyone who thought Deadpool could never exist in the Marvel Universe. We tried to tell you to be patient. Let's see what, what Kevin Feige is, is trying to do first before we assume that we'll never see Deadpool again. Uh, we got news that Black Widow is looking to become MCU's first ever rated R movie. Now, that is very curious to me mainly because what about this movie is going to make it rated R is what I am curious about. Um, that was the first thing that went off in my head was what elements are going to make this a rated R movie and how far are they going to go? Um, Nick, I actually want to go to you first. What are your thoughts on Black Widow looking to become MCU's first ever rated R movie? I don't think it was going to happen. <laughs> like just point blank. Um, I, I, you know, I, I, not that there's not credibility to the reporting. I'm just saying, like, ultimately, I do not think it will happen. Um, you know, we got the, all the reports in the world that Venom was going to be rated R, and then when it came down to brass tacks, it was PG-13. Um, they're not going to make a rated R movie in the MCU, at least not a Black Widow movie that is already an existing character. Um, it would have to be separate. Like, I mean, I, I feel like it's, it is a possibility that they would do a Deadpool 3 or an X-Force movie that had no particular tie-in and was released under some smaller company name, I think New Line, it maybe is owned by uh, Disney, um, something like that. 
Um, or maybe they just keep the 20th Century Fox brand. I don't know. But, like, they're they're not going – I don't see it happening. I just don't see it happening. Uh, well, the thing is, <clears throat> that's why I said it. I was most curious as to what was going to make this uh, a rated R film. I mean, because – Yeah, but my answer is know, nothing because it's not going to be one. <laughs> like, sorry no, to be no, contrarian, no, no, no. but – I, no, no, no. I, I get what you're saying. I'm saying the fact that this was even shopped around. I'm curious as to when you sit down with, with Feige and you're trying to pitch this rated R, are like what are you pitching to make it rated R? Because I feel subject though, matter Feige. That's see, Sorry. that's what I'm trying to say. Because I feel as though yeah. if you're saying if you're saying violence and profanity, I think Kevin Feige might be on board with that. But if you're now talking sexual content. Possible, yeah. Duty, I mean, stuff I think like that. that would, I think that's I when Kevin Feige's saying no, thank you. <laughs> yeah, I don't think it would be nudity. I don't think we'll ever get nudity in the MCU. I think it would probably be some kind of sexual content. I mean, we certainly right. saw allusions to that in Age of Ultron in Natasha's backstory. Um, I think that could definitely be a part of the the script that they really um, want to focus on, and so that could lean itself towards an R rating just based on the story alone um, and, and the graphic nature of, of you know, what what's being told. But, I mean, I still don't think – I mean, I still think they would cut it down to where it's not going to get an R rating. I just don't see that. I do I do think that uh, the MCU should – should open itself up a bit. I'm not saying obviously has any kind of sexual content or anything like that in their movies, obviously. But I do think like when you put a rating on a movie and then a parent then goes, Oh, well, it still says Marvel. I'm going to take my kids. Like that's on them. So it's like, if if you walk your kid into a Deadpool movie um, and there's nudity or, or whatever, like that's literally on you. Like they're supposed to tell you like, Hey, it's rated R. Like, are you sure you want to take your, your 10-year-old inside of there. So I think Marvel shouldn't be in the mindset of like, oh, no, well, we're always family, you know, family-friendly kind of movies. Like, you can open it up. The ratings are there for a reason. Um, so I don't think that if Black Widow were, were to be rated R, it would detract from its possible box office success. Um, I think people would still go out to see it. Uh, I do think from what they were kind of saying this movie would kind of, uh, would kind of be, it sounds exactly like what we got from Salt and exactly like what we got from Red Sparrow. So, I mean, I don't know how different it would be, but um, I do think it would still be successful. I do think Scarlett Johansson could still bring in uh, bring in a lot of audience. Um, so, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I'm somewhat with you, Nick, in the sense of I don't think this particular movie will be the one that becomes rated R. Um, just because it mainly doesn't really need to be. <laughs> I mean, right. If you watch Salt. Like, Salt was a movie that is almost the exact storyline of Black Widows, and that movie wasn't even rated R. So, like, I don't right. think you need it to be um, for this story. So, in that sense, I, I do completely agree with you. Um, Dane, I'm going to go to you. What are your thoughts on Black Widow looking to become MCU's first ever rated R movie? Um, like, you know, like Nick, I don't believe the report. I, I know a lot of big outlets are running with this like compbook.com and compbook resources. And they have, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm sure the column or, or the gossip site, crazy days and nights got something from someone that's higher up there. And we've heard a lot of rumors behind this, but to me, that's not enough to think that they're going to take one of Disney's 
well, not Disney's. I meant the MCU's big characters, even if she has this violent past and try to go rated R, they can get a hell of a lot more done with PG-13 and not to even worry about going to that level. Do I think we'll ever see a rated R film in Marvel? Um, on a on a streaming platform, a hell of a lot more potential, like they did with all the uh, Defenders characters. But rated R, you know, I'm sorry, like even Venom made a lot of money. If it was rated R, it would have made less money. That's just how it is. Deadpool was a anomaly, really. Um, and Deadpool, as a character that's purchased by um, MCU, is the only character I see possibly being not only rated R, but being the only one that comes from the Fox X-Men universe over, and that's it. So, and that's because it's very, it would probably be very separate from everything. But yeah, I don't, I don't really, even, even if they're thinking about doing this, I don't think it's going to see the light of day, honestly. I think that MCU is going to keep themselves in their family-friendly sort of way. I, I don't see Bob Iger being like, yeah, Alan, let's, let's try this thing up. Uh, Kevin, make this rated R. You know, they can get they can do what they got to do without showing the brains completely explode when the bullet hits it, you know? Yeah, and I don't disagree with you or Nick at all. I'm just saying I think um, – well, mainly, let's start with this. Marvel doesn't have that many characters that really warrant an R rating. Um, I'd say maybe a handful, maybe a handful, ten tops. Out of the thousands of characters that they have, I think maybe ten uh, – could even possibly deem the need for rated R. You'd think Blade, you'd think um, Logan, you'd think Deadpool, you'd think uh, some of the Defenders, like the Punisher, but they don't really, like, they're not like DC. So, like, they don't really have this huge dark world that would need to show you, like, oh, a battering going through someone's forehead or, or anything like that. So I think in the essence of they don't really need to do it to prove a point, like you just said, Dane, um, but Deadpool is one of those guys that is so meta that it's like you need to open things up for him, for his humor to really get off the way that he does in the comics. Um, but it's one of those things where it's like, I don't really see anyone in the current MCU that really needs to be rated R. They just don't, they don't. Um, but I, I will say, I do think that down the line, they might flirt with it, whether it is on the streaming service, like you said, Dane, or possibly maybe even in, in the movies uh, to where it could come out in the streaming service to get a limited time uh, theater release. Um, I do think rated R is something that once they get a character that warrants it, they should toy around with. Um, but Kanan, I'm going to go to you. Uh, your thoughts on Black Widow looking to become MCU's first ever rated R movie. This topic is so cringe on so many levels, dude. In fact, uh, when Kevin mentioned this on Twitter yesterday, despite me posting it, I, before I even posted it, I told him, no way, dude, no way this happens. Why is Marvel going to alienate their fans with a rated R movie? There's just no reason to make Black Widow a rated R movie. If, Like you just said, Salt did it with PG-13, and if you want to see a rated R version of Black Widow, just go uh, rent Red Sparrow. They've they don't need – I mean, they're not going to sexualize her up. I just don't see why you would take a character that's been in every PG-13 uh, Marvel movie up to this point that she's been in, and all of a sudden you're going to turn her into a rated R film. No, that's – it's just dumb. I mean, I don't get it. There are some characters that, you know, work best as rated R, like Deadpool works best as rated R. Um, but even some of his jokes in the movie just are so repetitive that you're like – 
it just kind of gets bad. You were almost like, damn, I kind of wish this movie was PG-13 because I've heard fuck so many times. Like, it's just kind of boring right now. And how many sexual jokes can you make? Like, I just, I think that Black Widow just works best as the character that Scarlett Johansson's played her as. And that's a PG-13 character. You can still kill people and you can still have adult type uh, stuff because we just saw Avengers Infinity War. It's probably the darkest of the uh, the movies, and you know it didn't need an R rating. I mean, if you're just trying to, if you have to make a movie rated R, then it's I'm sorry, just it's not going to be a good movie. I think you just need to make the best movie, and I think you can do that at PG-13. We don't need to hear them say fuck 15 million times. We don't need to have her showing her ass and her boobs and or whatever else to sell. We don't need all that. We just need a good story, and I think they can tell that um, with what they've got um, so far. I think just too many people are pushing the envelope. I think it was a slow news weekend, and people wanted something to get attention, and this has definitely got attention. But I, I'm with Nick. I'm with Dane. It's bullshit. I do not see it happening. If they're ever, if they're going to have an R-rated movie, it's going to be Deadpool or X-Force. That's going to be the first R-rated. There's no way, dude. There's just no way in hell I see Black Widow being rated R. Yeah, and I agree with yeah. you, but I will say it doesn't need TNA. But I mean, I also wouldn't object to it. Like I, I wouldn't be like, oh, this, I don't think I'm would. not going to see this movie anymore. Like uh, brown chicken, brown cow. <laughs> Absolutely. Speaking of bomb chicken bomb bomb, before we move on, I'm gonna kick it to Dane for a word from our sponsor. All right, guys, let's talk about sex. Good sex. Guys, remember the days when you're always ready to go? Maybe having a couple more rounds with the lady at nighttime, have some fun if you will. Let's talk like adults. Because now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. So listen up. BlueChew.com, that's blue like the color blue. BlueChew.com brings you the first chewable with the same FDA active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. So you know they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. And since they're chewable, they worked up to twice as fast as a pill. So you can go get your thing ready whenever the opportunity arises. Um, Blue Chew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package, so no in-person doctor's visits, no waiting for the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. They're made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free. Like I I said it, free. When you use a special promo code, GVN, just pay $5 for shipping. That's a great deal. Again, that's BlueChew.com, B-L-U-E-C-H-E-W.com, promo code GVN for Geek Vibes Nation to try it free. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice, and we thank them for sponsoring the podcast. Back to you, Juwan. Absolutely. Thank you very much for that, Dane, and thank you very much to Blue Chew. All right, let's move on with the Super Bowl coming up next Sunday. That day is not only big for football, it is big for trailers. Um, I know I kind of boxed it in for an uh, Avengers Endgame, but I kind of want to open this up. I'm going to go to you first, uh, Kanan. What possible superhero movie do you think will be airing a trailer during the Super Bowl? Uh, Well, we're definitely going to get some new footage from um, Avengers Endgame. Uh, I think we could also possibly see 
uh, some either either they're going to show the trailer that is was supposed to come out for Shazam, or we'll see some new footage for it. I think we'll probably just see the trailer that we um, that's you know supposed that was supposed to come out already. Um, I think we could very well see some Dark Phoenix. Uh, I think uh, there's supposed to be a new trailer possibly for Alita Battle Angel. Um, I know it's not technically superhero, but it's kind of still in the comic bookish type realm, I think. Um, um, I, I mean, I would love to see something new mutant, uh, uh, for New Mutants, but, uh, dude, there's so much going on with that film. I'm just not sure if they've got anything new for us to, to see, really. Um, but yeah. I would love to see Joker. I think Super Bowl would be a good spot uh, to drop something Joker-related. Um, I mean, other than that, that's all I can uh, I can really think of. Like I said, I know we're definitely getting something Avengers. We might get something Captain Marvel, but I think I've seen enough of that, man. I don't think they really need to show much more of Captain Marvel than what they've already shown. Uh, but as far as new stuff goes, I think uh, Shazam, uh, Dark Phoenix, and definitely Avengers. Ooh, yeah, maybe Spider-Man. Say- maybe Far From Home. That'd be nice. Just a quick little teaser. Nothing nothing too long. Um, I will say as far as New Mutants, New Mutants is the movie version of buying something and then um, and then letting 30 days go by and then realizing you can't return it. Like, that's where Fox is at <laughs> with New Mutants. It's like, damn, we spent all that money to make this movie, but now we don't want to release it. Now we kind of have to. They put that to. shit on layaway. <laughs> they might as well. <laughs> That movie is just it, – it's terrifying. I'll also say you brought up canon, and I'm glad you did, the the Adelita, however you pronounce that movie. I'm Alita getting really Bell. nervous for that movie because it was supposed to come out last year, and then they pushed it. And then I think they pushed it again. Um, it looked No, great. they pushed Literally, it one time. Oh, they only pushed it once? To February, right? Yeah, they pushed it from, they pushed it from December because it was going to be in that crowded uh, week with uh, Bumblebee, Aquaman, and all that, which is, was a good thing. And they pushed it to uh, February week, uh, Valentine's weekend, I think, is what it is. Yeah, my biggest issue with that was was, was them pushing it. Like they haven't really upped. Uh, um, God, you guys know what my favorite word is for um, for movies. Uh, they haven't really pushed pushed up any uh, momentum or any kind of press or, or anything to kind of really get you like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah that's right, the movie is coming out. Um, marketing, thank you. No one, no one helps me. I appreciate that. You guys suck. <laughs> um, they didn't really do uh, much marketing after you after you pushed it, and I think that's going to really hurt that movie, um, especially because it's coming out in February and it's not really a drama or a love kind of. I mean, it looks like it has elements of love, but I don't really think if you're a guy, you're really getting your girlfriend uh, sold on the idea of going to go see that movie. Um, so that movie's really going to suffer from that. Should have came out in January if you were going to push it late January. Um, but Nick, I'm going to go to you. Excuse me. What trailers are you, I'll, I'll phrase it better. Cause I kind of set Cannon up with that. And I apologize, Cannon. I'll phrase it better for you and Dane. What movies are you looking forward to seeing trailers for, uh, during the Super Bowl next Sunday? Um, I mean, definitely, uh, in game would be the biggest one. I mean, I, I definitely, you know, I'm hoping to see a little bit more from that. I think it'd be really cool in lieu of doing like a Captain Marvel trailer, you have in game and you show just a little bit of Captain Marvel in there. Cause we all know she's going to be in there in some capacity. 
Um, so maybe like at the very end of the trailer, like she shows up and then it's like a little reminder, like, Oh shit. Yeah. We gotta, we gotta go watch Captain Marvel. Cause she's going to be in Avengers in the next one. You know, I think that would be a little way that they can market both movies without having to pay all the added revenue to, to have both trailers in there. Um, so I'm, I'm kind of that's that's mainly what I'm looking at. I would love a Joker trailer. I'm with Kanan on that one. That would be the other big one um, that uh, that I would be super keen on. Uh, and of course, we probably won't have time to get to it. So I'll just go ahead and mention it. Um, there's a Lebowski teaser just floating around out there, uh, and that's there's going to be something uh, the dude related on uh, for the Super Bowl. And so yeah, I'm totally fucking keen on that. I have no clue what it'll be. No one really does at this point. It'll probably just be some kind of like, um, some kind of commercial, uh, that, you know, for whatever, um, probably not necessarily for like a movie. Um, but I mean, still like anytime I get to see, uh, Jeff Bridges, uh, don the dude, the dude's attire and like get all in character. It, uh, it definitely, uh, geeks me out. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, excuse me, I'll even say in uh, what you're saying about Endgame, I know they're only going to give us a teaser. So I want everyone to know it, it'll only be a teaser, maybe about a minute, maybe. Um, I purely just want to see action. That's it. You don't, The movie, it doesn't even have to have dialogue in the teaser. Just give me a couple shots of some action. Um, maybe have Tony narrate like a little bit of it, but just some quick action shots um, because it lacks that. Uh, in um, the actual first trailer that we got for, for Endgame. Like, it wanted to show us absolutely nothing. So I don't see this teaser being that much different, but a few action sequences um, that probably won't amount to, to spoiling anything, because, uh, you know, Marvel's just really good at that. Uh, I just wanted some kind of action. That's what it lacks from the first one. Like, the first one was so depressing. I don't want this, <laughs> this uh, whether it's teaser or extended look, to be as depressing. Like, I want there to be something that's like, oh, man, that was really cool, rather than, oh, man, that's right, everyone's dead. Like, I don't want that (laughs) feeling, especially during the Super Bowl. Um, So uh, I agree with you also on the Joker, um, even though I think they might, uh, since it comes out later this year, they might wait to kind of bring that out for San Diego, um, unfortunately. Uh, But I do hope we also see that. I mean, because everything... um, God, I can't remember her name. Uh, the, what's her name that was in uh, that was playing Domino? Also, I can't remember. Zazie Beetz. Again, you guys. Suck. Zazie. Uh, <laughs> uh, she's been. You said movie up. I said the name Dude, was. Dude, you, like, you said you, Domino. Like, what the fuck do you want? Yeah, you from need me? to do your homework, man. Like, you're trying to get mad at us because you can't remember people's names. Like, maybe it's <laughs> not host <laughs> anymore. Listen, I'm spoiled. Usually Joelle would come in and, and whisper the name, and I would go, what would you say? Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Anyway, <laughs> um, uh, she's been hyping it up a lot. Like, I mean, a lot. In all her recent interviews, she's been hyping this movie. So now as, as like, a fan, I'm like, well, then show me it. Like, show me something. Um, so, I mean, maybe, but I think they might hold off for that uh, until Comic-Con. What I would really love to be blown away by is, Give us Wonder Woman uh, 84. I mean, we know it's yeah. pretty much done. Uh, you just decided to push it back. Uh, it's released back. So you have footage. Um, give us just a quick teaser, and then you could give the full trailer during San Diego Comic-Con. But give us a teaser that gives us just a, a little taste on what this movie is supposed to be about. 
Um, and then that'll hold us off until until San Diego Comic Con. So Wonder Woman eighty four, and then just some action sequences from from Endgame. That's just that's all I'm looking forward to. Um, but Dane, I'm going to pass it to you. What trailers are you looking forward to on Super Bowl Sunday? You know, the Super Bowl, the time of year where commercials happen and we get to see a first look on movies, and that's pretty much the only thing that happens during it, I believe. Um, <laughs> I think, there's, I think just, there's puppies involved somehow. Yeah, because who cares I, I, about the actual Super Bowl? We're here for commercials, man. Absolutely. <laughs> yep. Um, I love how my friends, since I'm from Boston, still want to give me shit for being, you know, from Boston for like, your Patriots suck. And I'm like, they're my Patriots? I don't even watch football. You guys are great. <laughs> Anyways. Do you, you own them? No, I don't. I really don't own them. Uh, also, Juwan, just to let you know, going back to what you were saying, when you were like trying to get us to figure out and you were like, it's something I always say. I'm going to be honest with you, but the only thing that I know that you constantly say is I'm going to be honest with you. So I, I didn't know what I just said that then. We, we, we figured it out. Love you. I, kept um, of, right. I just kept thinking of eggplant emoji and, like, water, because every time I every time he posts on uh, Facebook, it's that, because he's got a heart I don't, on his back. So I was thinking maybe. <laughs> I don't think it's supposed to be water. Um, so let me, oh, let me list some movies. <laughs> That uh, I, I want to see the trailers for that I and you guys kind of like went into some of them, but yeah, definitely Ed Game. These are movies that you know that some footage has been done with them. So even if it's a small teaser to get you know the buzz going, Avengers End Game, uh, Wonder Woman eighty four, the Joker movie definitely is one of them. Surprised you didn't? Uh, no one said this. I can just get a little teaser. They've been filming for the last like couple weeks, I think. Bad Boys three, baby. I want to see something. I want to see something if I can. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood would be another awesome one to premiere some type of footage. Well, I've seen the pictures on set of Leo, Margot Robbie, and also Brad Pitt. Looks awesome. And The Irishman. You know, they're right now going through the whole entire digital process of aging everyone, but they've already got a bunch of footage done, and I know it's premiering, I believe, in September on Netflix. I'm looking forward to Martin Scorsese's new movie with Robert De Niro, Al Pacino, Joe Pesci. I, I would love to see something related to that movie as well. Um, if we're going non-comics. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm completely with you. <clears throat> the From the photos that we got for the uh, Once Upon a Time, uh, that movie looks like it's going to be so much fun. Uh, Leo is just, guys, freaking gold. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I'm completely down with, with, with the, the Irishman also. One thing I do hate about Netflix is, like, I, you never really get an idea on when they're going to release trailers for, like, anything. Um, and it's just like, boom, it pops up. So it's like, you don't know when to look forward to it. You sometimes don't even know dates of when stuff's supposed to come out. Um, it just pops up. Um, so they, they could just get a little better on that. Uh, it would build up a lot more um, hype for, for some of their projects. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I, I'm completely with you. Bad Boys, I don't know how much, like, how much they have. Like, you might get, like, them maybe talking over some old footage, uh, like them kind of narrating uh, and then you kind of getting like maybe just a glimpse of just seeing like those two standing next to each other. How much? How much do they need, man? I mean, all we need is an explosion. Will Smith saying a witty, stupid line. You know, Martin Lawrence going, "You're an idiot," and that's it. That's all we need. Just one, no, one explosion. All, we don't even, yeah, we don't even need that. We could just have them in a cop car, just doing the bad. You know, trying to sing the bad boys theme because that's always been. 
part of their uh, shtick was them trying to learn the words. And uh, Will Smith, I was like, dude, you got to learn the words of that song, man. That's all you need It's just a one-minute him trying to sing the song, and it's like bad boys coming summer or whatever. I mean, that's it. I mean, that's yeah. all you need. If it's Michael Bay, just oh. one girl that's tan that's like, for some reason, we have to do a close-up of her in a bikini on the beach, and we're fine. Yeah, oh, yes. always, always, yeah. always. And then you have to just randomly have Will Smith have his shirt off. Um, I will say one thing I am looking forward to that I, I forgot to mention is um, Hobbs and Shaw. We're definitely getting a trailer for that. I am looking forward to that, man. I mean, regardless of what you think of the franchise or whatever, I do like the idea of Statham, Idris Elba, and The Rock in an action movie together. Like, I, I I'm happy Roman's in it, too. And Roman Reigns yeah. is, is going to be in it. Uh, I am really Just excited to see what they're, going, they're able to do with it. He's going through cancer treatment, man, and I'm glad that his cousin Dwayne is keeping him doing something. He looks good, you know. It just sucks that he got leukemia again, so that's cool that he's going to be his brother within the movie. I'm looking forward uh, to the female version of Fast and Furious. I think that'll be pretty good. The female yeah, spinoff with Letty. Yeah, Vince said that they're working, I think, on, on a script or something like that. Uh, for, they for got three movie. great writers. Yeah, uh, I will say Michelle Rodriguez was very, very, very um, <laughs> uh, serious when she said she wanted more focus on female leads. So then I guess Vin was like, I don't know if I'm going to give it to you in a Fast and Furious movie. So we'll just do spinoffs. Like that, that's, that's the best. She needs to become left kinda... dull when acting. <laughs> Listen, I don't Sorry. want I don't want to make enemies with Michelle Rodriguez. Uh, she scares me, so I'll let Dane continue to say that, and I'll just Roar. nod my head because people can't see me. Uh, but let's move on. Um, we got some Doctor Strange news. Uh, writer C. Robert Cargill, I guess that's how you pronounce his name. Nick's just always better with pronunciation, so I, I, I'll leave that to you to correct me, Nick. Uh, it's set to return to write the script for Doctor Strange sequel. This project is weird to me mainly because it's the least spoken about project in the in the MCU currently. Like no one no one talks about this movie whatsoever. And it's weird because I'm really excited for a Doctor Strange sequel. Um I just have no idea when Kevin Feige wants it. Um I mean it, you know, the the writer set to come back is good news. Uh obviously Cumberbatch is coming back, so that's great news. But it's like, when are we going to get, like, the ball rolling on this? And I think it's one of those things that Kevin Feige is just like, when you get it is when you'll get it. <laughs> now leave me alone. Uh, Dane, I'm going to go to you first. What are your thoughts on the writer set to return for the Doctor Strange sequel? And when do you think we might uh, we might possibly see this, this sequel come out? Um, sequel coming out, I'm not 100%. I'm assuming probably more close to sometime late 2020 maybe if they jump on now maybe even later than that but the writer coming back is good um i like the intro story for dr strange um i thought it was a pretty good movie i've only seen it twice uh so i've definitely liked other movies from the mcu more so than that but i still had a really good time with it i want what 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 i want them to do is really go and, you know, read some of the Steve Ditko comics, uh, even more so this time, and plan this film to be mostly within the cosmic realm that he could travel through. I want a lot more weird, trippy shit in this one, less so on Earth, more so him battling, you know, different characters. I definitely would love to see Nightmare as a part of one of the villains within this. I'm not sure who would play him, um, now that I'm just thinking of it and uh, picturing him like 
you know, maybe an Adam Driver, uh, something like that. But Nightmare is an awesome character. He literally is the embodiment of nightmares within the, you know, within the universe, if you will. So it's kind of like Freddy Krueger on on um, on cocaine and steroids. So it's uh, it would be a very cool character to, you know, for him to interact with. I want to see Dormammu back again. I want to see Bear Mordo become a villain within this. Um, a lot of interaction, but yeah, definitely less on Earth, more in the weird, you know, whatever the hell it's called, um, this go-around, the, the weird interdimensional shit. Um, maybe maybe Nolan should do this one, since we were just talking about it. <laughs> inter- <laughs> Interstellar-like. I will, I will say uh, the Russos were able to kind of capture this. Uh, I want to see the sequel expand more on his powers. Um, what we were able to see him do in Infinity War, of course, the first one, he was just learning his powers, so obviously I'm not going to hold that uh, against the first movie. But I, I want to see them expand more on what Doctor Strange actually could do, like set him loose. I, I want to see spells. I want to see, like Dane said, whether it's dimensional travel, I want to see the whole spectrum of what he, what he can actually do. Um, I, I don't want these characters to always take three movies for us to see, like, a lot more of him being able to use his powers. Um, it literally took Ragnarok for, for us to see Thor to be able to use his powers without a hammer. Uh, so, like, I, I don't want that with their other characters. Show us more. Like, as, as you go on, show us more. Him able to do the sword, him spreading out, the whip, like, all that was super cool. I want to see a lot more of that. Um, and we do know Bear Mordo is coming back. Uh, so that's going to be a lot of fun to see how him and Nightmare kind of, like, cause chaos within the uh, the movie. Um, Nick, I'm going to go to you. Uh, what are your thoughts on the writer coming back <clears throat> to do the script for the sequel? And when do you think we'll be getting this sequel? 2020, 2021? Like, when when do you think? Um, yeah, probably 2020, late 2020 is kind of what I would what I, I would expect, that whatever that later date is on um, what the – untitled films that they've already announced, but it could be early 2021, somewhere in that little range, it would be my guess. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm, I, I think it's, you know, a very good sign that he's coming back. He's got, uh, Cargill has a, has a very, um, close working relationship with Scott Derrickson. Um, they've worked on several, uh, various movies together, including, uh, the sinister movies. Um, so, you know, they seem to work well together as, as kind of a team. And I think they got like a third guy in that team, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so, I mean, that's, that's a good sign, uh, that they're, you know, bringing the band, getting the band back together and all that, all that, you know, jazz. Um, so yeah, I mean it's it's very positive. Uh, it, but yeah, I mean as far as what y'all were saying, I, I definitely want to see um, m- more so than probably most other movies um, for them to really expand um, as far as like the the interdimensional and other cosmic level um, interactions. Um, that that we get with Doctor Strange in this movie, I think that's really important for that character. Um, and I think that uh, you know, as far as um, you know, what he does and, and what that character brings to the MCU, you want to explore those parts. You want to really be able to capture the parts of what makes Doctor Strange so unique um, to. Uh, you know, apart from all of these other characters. Um, and, like, could you imagine, like, um, like essentially, at, like, at the end of 
Doctor Strange, he's gone through all of this fucking shit, right? And he's got, like, um, all this interdimensional stuff, and he, and he just finally, like, defeated whoever, you know, this, this new kind of big bad threat is. And he's like, you know what? Like, we need, we need, like, something to be able to thin this off. And so the post credit scene is, like, him calling in Tony and him calling in Black Panther and being like, we need to have something established um, that's separate from the Avengers. Uh, and then kind of lead into, like, Illuminati, dude. Like, that would be so fucking dope. That would Nick, be awesome. Nick, I'm going to ask one thing and one thing only from you. Don't yep. don't ever tease me like that again. You know how much <laughs> I desperately want the Illuminati. Um, I know. That's why I said it. <laughs> the possibility I, but I don't know what direction he was I going think, to. I thought he was going to say Harry Potter. I thought that was going to be. I mean, I I just feel like it makes sense, too, because, I mean, I feel like that would be, like, for, for, like, something like that. Like, if they really get super interdimensional and all kinds of crazy shit with this next one, like, something like that could essentially be, like, drive Strange to be like, all right, we need... We need something that sort of even operates outside of the Avengers, you know. Um, and then, you know, absolutely you could leave um, any sort of wiggle room to, to bring in Reed, either, you know, as his introduction there or later on or whatever. So, I mean, and the, the saddest thing about that, Nick, is we're so close to it. The idea that Stark could die in Endgame is possibly some of the most hard... Like, honestly, I'd, I'd put that as more heartbreaking than Ben leaving Batman. Like, the idea that the Illuminati wow. is now so close that they could kill off Tony, and that's all gone now. Like, the, the actual legit Illuminati, not just whatever their makeshift Illuminati could be, but the idea that you could have the legit roster, and then boom, kill Tony off, now that's impossible. Like that, that's Don't worry, they'll, they'll put Gwyneth Paltrow in that place. We'll get rescue instead. <laughs> and I'll never, it's going to be awesome. I will never Pepper Potts. watch that, Dane. I will never watch that. Yes, you will. Um, I will. You're right. Um, <laughs> Dane, what are your thoughts on uh, Doctor Strange getting their uh, original writer back to uh, pin the script for the sequel? And when do you think we could see the uh, the actual sequel come out? I think that's great news. I mean, it's it gives uh, continuity and uh, familiar faces coming back. Uh, I, I really – Doctor Strange was the first movie I actually did not see in the movie theater. I actually saw it like a year after it came out, and I was really blown away by how good the movie was. Like, I was shocked. It's one of the better uh, uh, MCU films, and I, and I think that just seeing him in Infinity War, you know, makes him really want to go back and watch it again. So I'm excited to see where they go, especially with um, – uh, Baron Mordo coming back, um, you know, kind of seeing where they go. I think they will, like Dane wanted, I think they will kind of get more into the cosmic stuff because that seems to be where they're definitely going to go um, with the next phase of the MCU, especially with uh, the Fantastic Four, Doctor Doom and all of them coming in. Uh, I've heard plans for Galactus. Uh, so you're definitely going to see more of a, a cosmic, uh, you know, Captain Marvel is definitely going to have, uh, you know, more of a, a emphasis on cosmic uh, type films. Um, I don't unless they are all unless they're just now announcing that the writer um, is coming back and he hasn't already started writing. Uh, then I probably don't see this film coming out until 2021. I think they're going to have enough films uh, to kind of play around with in the meantime because you're going to have uh, the Black Widow film starts filming uh, this year, so it should be a 2020 release. Um, 
They should have uh, the Eternals should come out next year as well. Uh, so I don't think that they really have to have, you know, that third or fourth movie um, unless they just, you know, get the script right, uh, get production going, and they're able to push it out late 2020. Like I said, I think you'll probably see it in 2021. Uh, but, no, it's good news, and uh, look forward to seeing what uh, Derrickson and Cargill have for uh, the Doctor Strange fans. Absolutely. I, I Spoiler will alert, to, he's coming back. I will <laughs> I will add to, to what you were saying, Nick, about <clears throat> the, the introduction of, like, Strange going, like, you know, we need something more. I would love for, again, this is solely based on if Tony lives, I would love a scene to where <clears throat> the end credit is, someone high in the government, whether it's, you know, an agent, whatever, just someone high in the government uh, calls Tony in and he kind of goes like, you just went through all the ideas like space and everything like that. Like, what if I were to tell you, I know someone who is one of the, the best minds in the idea of uh, space travel or, or whatever. And Tony goes more than me. And then in comes Reed Richards. And that's the explanation to why we haven't heard of anyone of the fantastic four is that they work for the government. Um, and maybe that's what funds the building that was bought in, in homecoming. Uh, I think that's just the best way to explain why we haven't heard of them, why we haven't seen them uh, to the casual viewers uh, that they work with the government. And then you can kind of build a, a working relationship with Reed and Tony, whether it's a competitive one, or an actual friendly one like him and Banner. Um, and then from there, that could spark the idea of creating the Illuminati. But again, none of that matters if they kill Tony. So, I mean, I, I'm crying here just thinking of the idea that we might not ever see that. Uh, but all right, let's move on to our very last topic. We got news. Doctor Who's Matt Smith will play a villain in Sony's Morbius. Uh, yeah. Spot on casting. He looks like a vampire, so that's great mm-hmm. casting. Uh, I'm, I'm going to go to you first, Dane. Uh, what are your thoughts on Matt Smith finally joining the superhero world uh, by playing a villain in Sony's Morbius? <sighs> Look, I know what you're saying, but like, what does that mean exactly? Like, how do you how do you just fit the uh, mo of looking like a vampire in your opinion? I don't know. It just looks like he would have been one of the bad guys in the original Blade. That, that, I don't know. That's because I. <laughs> I gotcha. Well, um, I think Matt Smith is a pretty damn good actor. Guys, I haven't watched Doctor Who, so don't kill me. Uh, just haven't tried it. Um, but I heard he's really good on that. I've seen him in a couple of films. Uh, I don't know exactly what he is going to be doing within the film, but I assume it's, you know, some type of vampire because we've already established he looks like a fucking vampire. Um, I guess Ezra Miller also looks like an, a va- vampire. There, there's certain people that have that vampire look. It's the pale yeah. skin too. It doesn't help. Um, <laughs> but yeah, but yeah, um, I I don't know exactly who's going to play, but that's a good actor to throw in the whole entire cast. I threw out the idea of him playing Dracula, which is very incorporated within the Morbius mythos. Um, this this just makes me keep on kind of wishing that if they're going to go through one of my favorite obscure characters in the Spider-Man comics with, with Morbius, that, you know, they have this relationship with Marvel. They're not doing jack shit with the Blade franchise. I would love to see Blade be in this because they're always together. You know, Morbius, Blade, Dracula, usually within the Spider-Man universe. That's the first time I got um, a view on all those characters. So, and they, those two characters themselves, Morbius and Blade, have a lot of history. I'm not going to get my hopes up because I don't think that's going to happen. Matt Smith's a good addition. 
Um, I'm not sure if he's just going to be the leader of some vampire gang. Um, you know, maybe they'll call him Jules or some bullshit like that. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, it's Sony. So, I mean, the jury's always out uh, when it comes to them on what the, what liberties they decide to take. So, who knows? Uh, but I also have not seen Doctor Who, so I'm completely with you, Dan. Uh, Nick, um, what are your thoughts on Doctor Who's Matt Smith uh, joining Morbius to play a villain? Uh, I mean, I think it's good casting. Uh, like both of you, I mean, I think he's got the look. <laughs> um, whatever that means to whoever, you know, what what have you. Like, I mean, but he, he definitely has a look that uh, that, that works um, in, in that context. As far as uh, who he could be playing, eh, I don't know. I don't really know that many, like, like deep-cut Morbius characters. I mean, uh, Basilisk, maybe. Um, that's about, like, maybe the the best I could do. Um, you know, but, I mean, obviously, he, he could be, if you wanted to just go ahead and go big, um, sure, he could be, he could be Dracula. Um, but, I mean, I, I don't know if you would want to go, like, to me, that would maybe set better as, like, a sequel. Um, like, if this one does really well, you could up the ante with, a, you know, a character like Dracula. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's anybody's guess. It's Anyone's guess. I completely agree. I, I also don't blame them on the idea of trying to go big, um, because, like, <clears throat> you don't have the liberty that Venom had. Uh, like, not a lot of people know who Morbius is. So as much, uh, you know, big time, whatever, that you could bring to it, bring to it. Because Venom had the idea of at least people know, like, oh, yeah, yeah, that guy is from, like, Spider-Man. I've seen him before. I don't know how many people know of, of like, just general people know of Morbius. So, Go as big as you can. Um, uh, Kanan, what are your thoughts on Matt Smith joining Morbius to play the villain? Uh, I mean, Matt Smith's a great actor. I think this is a, would be a great role for him. Um, actually, um, he's supposed to be – this hasn't been reported by any trades, um, but he's supposed to be playing a character uh, by the name of Loxius Crown. Um, he's going to be a new character, but he's kind of based off the Marvel character um, – they went by the name Hunger, and suppose in Morbians, uh, they both take the cure, and or not the cure, they both take the stuff that ter- well, I guess it is cure that turns them into the vampires, and so the movie's pretty much going to be Morbius trying to stop his friend, um, you know, from you know becoming evil and, and doing evil stuff. But that's supposedly the character uh, that he'll be playing uh, in the movie. That sounds. But I'm still going to go see it. So uh, <laughs> you got my money already, unfortunately. Uh, but, <laughs> it just seems like they're going to be doing like an evil version of Morbius, basically, as his enemy. And that's kind of a trait in yeah. comic book films I'm kind of done with. Yeah. Know, but. It's, yeah. It's, a, it's a little firing. That's why I, that's why I thought Basilisk would be good, like like a, a, a Satanist to, you know, like, I don't know. He's got this like, um, it would at least be different. He's not like another vampire fighting a vampire. Like he's got this superhuman strength and ability, and he's got like this paralyzing stare thing that he can do. Um, but like, I think that would be at least different. Like at least somewhat different. But what do I know? Well, I'm just a fan. Look, I mean, I'm going to be completely honest with you guys. I originally thought like, I don't really know how much I'm going to like Venom. And then I left, and I was just like, that's pretty good. So, I mean, with this, this already makes me, like, yawn. But, like, I feel like 
I'm going to walk in there and I'm going to leave and I'm going to like it. So, I mean, who knows? Who knows? Who knows? But Jared Leto, my, my, my face is with you, man. I really hope that this does well so it opens the door for more things that Sony's going to try to shove down our throat. Um, so here's to that. Um, but thank you guys. Nick, Kanan, Shane, thank you guys for joining me on an amazing episode. Shout out You're to very welcome. Who could, oh, thank you, Dan. Um, <laughs> shout out to Joel, who could not be on the episode this week. Hopefully we will see him next week. Um, and that's pretty much it. Stay tuned for Full Court Press, Wrestling Geeks Alliance, Top 10, and whatever reviews we choose to give you. Until um, next time, guys. Uh, same time, same place. Peace. Peace. Oh, yeah, watch your Royal Rumble tonight, brother.